Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to My Gap Podcast. I am Doug. I am Justin. And <laughs> welcome to the show, a return guest, uh, the magnificent and wonderful Robin Minkins. Welcome back. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, I'm well. I've been trying to just find the joys during this time and making it do with what I have and finding all the joys. Like I said, second time. Ooh. <laughs> as that just means you're really, really looking for the joys. Yeah. Good for you. Yes. I'm really looking for the joys <laughs> during this pandemic time. I think that's really important, you know, because it's too easy to focus on the negative. So yeah. by actively searching for searching for the joy yeah it's too easy what what are some joys that you might have uncovered well first and foremost i just wanted to say that i'm really grateful to be working the mad hatters gin and tea party because a lot of actors are not working you know yeah the fact that they found it in their hearts to choose me to do this i'm like I I really it's been very humbling for me instead of like oh yeah I'm the shit I feel so humbled because on my timeline on Facebook I just see a lot of artists saying like oh I miss this I miss going to audition I miss you know even people who have come to the show they be like oh I miss this and I'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> well tell us <laughs> tell us what it is. The, yes, uh, what the, is this Mad Hatter tea party? Gin party? Well, it is an Alice in Wonderland based um, immersive show and it is an alcohol company who has a gin called Rabbit Hole and so it just fit that they would have it like Alice in Wonderland themed and so they're just trying to test out their new gin products they have like this whiskey gin thing that really gets people fucked up every time they come. <laughs> like people get like off their ass. <laughs> and so it's crazy. It's insane. I'm like, wow, I'm I feel so I don't feel as bad anymore. Like <laughs> if I've ever been like intoxicated or something. Like wow, <laughs> professional people <laughs> like I'm like, this is great. So, anywho, um, so yeah, just testing out their new products. And it's all based around instructions. They have like really cool things that make the gin change colors. They have like smoking caterpillar 
is one of the drinks and um it's like bubble smoke that comes out of the drink it's really that cool. sounds awesome yeah it's really cool and i play the march hare so i have to wear like bunny ears and like this tail <laughs> well that's cool <laughs> Where yes. if if is this like something that you can just uh, do? If they do a reservation for it, can you just show up? Like, how does it work, and where is it at for everyone? Yep. Uh, so this show was actually supposed to come out uh, uh, during the summer, uh, but then you know the pandemic hit and it put everything on pause, and so people bought tickets way ahead of time. And so now everyone bought tickets, but for some reason, people don't show up sometimes. So I will say that you can come and be on standby, like at, you know, at other theaters, theaters do it all the time where they're like, they're sold out, but just in case somebody doesn't come, you can get rush tickets. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the same thing here where if somebody doesn't show up, like a lot of people, like each show is is sold out, but sometimes we can let people in because... They didn't show up. So now yeah. if someone were to come by and say, Hey, I heard about this on Mind Gap podcast, do you think there's a chance that they would get like a <laughs> you know, like a the head of the line or something? You know, yeah, special, you know, we name. know the guys, wink wink. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. If they just like they can use my name and be like, Yeah, I know Robin, and then they can get in. Perfect. As long as there's a seat, because we are in COVID, you know, pandemic uh, times. Because yes. like the show is completely spaced out. It's COVID friendly. <clears throat> None of the actors touch. We don't touch the audience members unless you like you come with somebody and you you know and you're familiar with them and you know you're comfortable enough to you know. So yeah, other than that, yeah, say my name and then they'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> So yeah, try that. It's in uh, the South Loop. <laughs> nice. Beautiful, right in my neighborhood. It's like my old stomping grounds. Until I moved out to the Burbs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, now yeah. Doug lives oh, way out in the suburbs. I do. I used to live yeah. right next door to this lovely guy Nothing over wrong. there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Slotty calling out in the yeah. chat. He's calling out SLC Burgers for life. Yeah. If you happen to be in Chicago and you want a burger that's going to make you regret your decisions, go to SLC and you'll be so it's the only time in life. You're going to be very happy that you regret your decision. I, it's, it's a, I call it a dichotomy oh, burger. <laughs> South loop club. Uh. Yes. It is the uh, corner of state and Balbo. Yeah. Those okay. who know, know. Yeah. This episode of the podcast brought to you by South loop club. <laughs> <laughs> located at State and Balbo. Go there and regret your decision. <laughs> um, well, the reason we're excited to have Robin on is because Robin, in our uh, in our continuing uh, series of Quarantine Files guest, Robin is starring in the episode three, which comes out this coming Friday. And uh, your episode was written and directed by uh, Mr. Adam Smeestad, and it deals very heavily with aliens. <sighs> aliens. Adam is so fun. I didn't even realize he was that funny 
with that with number I don't remember what episode that was, but he was putting on a hand sanitizer, and then when he started rubbing his head, I'm yeah, so <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Adam is uh, Adam is one of my favorites. He's he's got real good comedic uh, sensibilities. So he's a treat. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. but yeah, we're really excited. We had I had a lot of fun with your episode uh, because we got to we got to get a little like kind of like heady with it, and we had props, and it was it's it's out there, but it's really fun. Like, did you what did you what did you think of filming? Yeah. Yes, I watched it and I thought it was really cool. I love the underscoring music. I really enjoyed um I enjoyed working on it in the general. I feel like I had a little bit of experience with camera angles with the project right before. And so I felt so I felt more confident to just be like, yeah, I can give them what they need in terms of yeah. like having confidence in what with camera angles and things like that since it's so remote and so that was just a really good experience just a collab like that was great what what was the you said you had experience so what was the project you were working on before that gave you that experience uh it was called a loss uh directed by michael miha uh through trapdoor theater okay and so it was um um so we only worked with one monologue from the entire show and um each person took on different lines and different angles and different pros of theater like just different emotions like from can we see you go from happy to so be, like being happy to being sorrowful um in this one take can when you see you go from being joyful to being like completely like rocked off your shit. And then like, you know, like how far can you really take it? Yeah. And so it was a very sweaty experience for me because it was my first time like trying to work and it was in the heat of the summer. So I was just trying to work. And then I don't know if you seen the makeup for it. I just had this alien looking like makeup and I had this huge pigtails with this huge braid and, it was a very hot experience, but it was amazing. So um, it took a while. It took at least a couple of days for me to film each, yeah, each thing. Yeah, I saw a still from it, and yeah, your 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 get up, makeup, and costume, and everything looked really intense. Is there some place that people can go online to to check that out right now? Because I definitely think that anything that has been filmed remotely, anything that has been created here, I I think people need to go consume as much of that independent stuff as possible absolutely um i would just recommend everyone going to trapdoor theater's website and um just seeing what they have available <laughs> because it might not be streaming right now but they also have a couple of other projects going on like uh i believe it's called uh like monsieur dayon is a woman where there's this guy who is a company member at Trapdoor, um, and he explores his sexuality in a certain time frame where it wasn't so accepted. And so it was it's really great to see um, Z. 
um see the work in that environment pronouns okay yes i'm sorry i'm so sorry yeah i'm always like messing up pronouns and things like that so yeah so yeah I was that's fine. we're about, all learning so it's along. totally fine <laughs> there's a couple of things coming out yep yep <laughs> yes it just seems like it's a little bit easier for some folks yeah sure yeah <laughs> Like, just seeing how they, like, put it into conversation. Like, for yeah. example, I hate to, like, veer off so fast. Like no, this, that's like, what we do here. People who go by they, them. No, but, like, people who go by they, them. You know, have you ever heard of, you know how that people can say, like, I said good day, sir. I said yes. good day, sir. You know, like, the whole thing with that line. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like, sir, I said good day. So it's like it makes me think. Do do people ever say, "I said good, good day"? Them, them. I said good day because, like you know, there are people who go by the pronouns of they, them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like what? So can I not participate? So then it makes me question: Can I not participate in certain um, sayings and things with that person? It just makes it so sensitive, and. Yeah, I think yeah. I, and we've talked about it a little <laughs> bit on this show before. Where I, th I think it just takes from everyone. Like, I think it takes understanding and patience because I, I think it yeah. all it comes back to intent. Right. Like if if I am speaking with an individual who re, who goes by they them who identifies as that. But I I refer to them unknowingly refer to them accidentally yeah. or just be, by by muscle memory, refer to them by what I perceive as their uh, their gender. Um, you know, the intent is not, there's no maliciousness behind my, uh, the intent of what I'm right. saying. And as long as they can be, you know, cool and go actually, uh, not he, they, I'd be like, great. I totally get it. And now yeah. I've got that locked and that's where we're going to go from now on, you know, but I think it just, yeah. there yeah. needs to be that, you know, ev like Doug said, everyone's learning. We're all just trying to, we're, we're trying to get right. to the new normal and figure out how we all can be inclusive. And I think it just takes, right. it just takes uh, some patience. Exactly. And the last thing that you want to do is be offensive. Like you right. don't want to, no. because everybody, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry but, to veer off like that. No, there's no <laughs> apology for going down a mind gap road here. That's fine. That's we, we demand that sort of content on this show. So. Thank the you, Robin. Name of the show. Yes. Thank you. Um, but okay. I wanted to get back to the, your episode of the the uh, quarantine files because, like I said, it dealt it deals with aliens. And a couple yeah. shows ago, Doug and I had a pretty in depth discussion. Did we have a guest on that episode or not? No, nope, just you and me, baby. Okay. Just you and me. So we had a, a big discussion on do we believe that aliens do exist. And so I first and foremost want to get your take on what do you think? Is there extraterrestrial life out there? Are we just alone adrift on a small blue marble? Um, well, I mean, I think it's a little selfish. I personally, I think it's a little selfish to think that we are the only ones. Like, what if you've never seen a humanoid before? What if you're like a prying mantis I don't know, a huge prying mantis, not just like, you know, <laughs> like the small ones that we see. But what if you saw a human for the first time? You'd be like, what the fuck is that? 
just like a praying mantis like i like little memes and things and like they put like underscoring music with the praying mantis and it makes me laugh and so i'm like if i was the same size of the praying mantis i would be terrified if i saw that <laughs> so i think from the base a base point of view I think there's a possibility that there are just different levels of intelligence out there. And because we are in a certain vessel and body, we may or may not be able to perceive it. You know, like we have these eyeballs, like we we are literally in this body. So what about other people who have a different type of body? Like, what do they see? Like, you know, so I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down for sure. Yeah, I, I believe there's a possibility. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Doug, where did you stand on that again? Um, I believe in aliens more than I believe in ghosts. So that's right. Uh, oh, right. That was the main crux of what we were talking yeah. about was ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm inclined to believe in both to some degree. Have you guys ever heard of like this ghost? Like, uh, I don't know how to describe it really because it's been a while since I've heard about it, but I guess there's this. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like some type of life form thing or whatever. That like a squirrel? In caves. No. <laughs> Not a <laughs> for, for just just to to catch you up, like, Robin. Doug thinks all ghosts are squirrels. Yes. That is a gross oversimplification of the point I was making. Doug so believes I don't, that I don't, if someone I don't appreciate sees that. a ghost or something happens, it's just squirrels. No. What I was saying is that a portion of the time when weird shit happens around the house, we can't always explain it, right? Because we weren't there. We didn't see it. And I made the analogy of like, what if there was a squirrel that got into your house and knocked over some stuff? And you're like, there were ghosts in here, but you never knew it because you didn't see the squirrel come and go. You'd be like, ah, it's something supernatural. No, it's just a squirrel. It came in, knocked over some shit and it left. Exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. They're very intelligent as well as raccoons. Thank you. It could be raccoons. Oh, see, now you've yeah. blown the entire theory wide oh, open now, Doug. Yeah, they're real crafty buggers. Let me tell you. <laughs> Doug lives in suburbia. He knows all too well how crafty they are. I remember be. when I used to live up in Rogers Park, one night I was coming home from my second shift at the hotel. It was like 1130 at night, and I'm walking down the street, and there was like these two raccoons, and they both were like froze, and they kind of like backed up and they were like they just kept an eye on me they slowly like backed up like off of a tree and then backed into a sewer hole like just into the grate and i was like i literally put my hands up i go i don't want any trouble guys i literally said that to raccoons i go i, I don't want any trouble here and they were like neither do we and then they just sort of like slithered into the into the sewers and i was like okay what you said yeah i was like don't shoot <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is a thing for a reason. Mm -hmm. There you go. Exactly. Um, in the chat, Slotty says, all unexplained occurrences can be chalked up to small woodland mammals. Mm -hmm. Not all. I just wish they could, like, you know. Not all? Not all of them would be woodland creatures. I'm just saying, if we had to put a percentage on how many of these supernatural occurrences were woodland uh, and mammals, I mean, what, what percentage would you say? 
I mean, if I'm Doug, I'm saying 99.9 repeated. I think that's a bit much, but. Uh, uh, maybe 60. I think that's a fair number. <laughs> I'd say maybe another 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 15 percent for just nature, like wind, you know, sinkholes, fires, you know, supernatural things, man. It happens, you know. Man, am I the only one that just feels like I'm in this time? I'm just in this time warp where I just feel like I'm repeating the same things over and over and over. I feel like everything just reminds me of another thing. And then it makes me repeat the same thing. You mean like squirrels? Yes! Exactly <laughs> like squirrels. Exactly like squirrels. <laughs> because I was going to mention, as soon as you said like sinkholes, it made me think of that movie Apocalypto by Mel Gibson again. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like one of those like sinkholes to like um masquerade himself there so you that go. he can like go through the force incognito so that he can defeat his enemies yes that's right and achieve victory <laughs> and yep <clears throat> that was the moral of that story yeah you, you, yep. you know and not being afraid don't be afraid and get them i think were the the themes <laughs> of that of that movie <laughs> Don't be afraid and get it. If I could sum up that movie in two ideas, it's don't be afraid and get them. <laughs> get them. Jared yes. goes, how much can be blamed on cheaters trying to cover their tracks? Honey, I swear I saw a woman in, in our bedroom last night. <laughs> Must have been squirrels. Ah, squirrels! <laughs> yep. um, um, well, that was adorable. Uh, I'd say going back to aliens, uh, I definitely have more. I just think math is on your side with that. That just based on the number of planets and things like that, just that exist that we don't even, you know, there's some we don't even know about. The odds are that there's some sort of life. Now, is it the same stage as us? Unlikely, just like you said, Robin. Are they going to be humanoid or are they going to be insects or are they going to be something else? It depends on probably the composition of the environment from which they grow. Right. And if it took us, you know, however millions, exactly. however many millions of years it took us to get to where we are now, it could be like we go visit a planet or something. It's like, ah, there's not shit here. But then millions of years later, there could be same thing where maybe alien life visited here, you know, millions of years ago. There's like, ah, this is just a backwards planet. But now... I mean, Justin and I have studied the Fermi Paradox for many years and just talking about the reasons why we haven't seen, you know, aliens. You talked about communication. Maybe they are communicating, but it's a frequency we don't pick up or don't see or don't hear or don't understand. Exactly. So, guess, yeah. yeah, there's just there's too many, mm -hmm. too many. Uh, another terrifying one is the I reason mean, why we haven't heard from aliens is because there's a super predator out there and they know about it. And they're like, we keep quiet because we don't want it to find us. Is there? Yeah, it's a giant There's squirrel. A super <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would, that's a terrifying thought, right? Like we're just sh we're shooting Voyager out there. We're sending out right? radio waves. Everyone and everyone else is like, "Those guys, good, go over there, kill those guys, because right. don't come to us." Like everyone hide. And we're like, "Hey, you guys, we're playing sloth out here to the super predator," you know? Right. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, 
what about the moon? Like, what the fuck, right? The moon is, I've never trusted it. You know, if there's one thing I ever wanted to get, it was the moon. Like, get it. It's just there. It's just there looking at us. Right? Thinking it's all better than us and shit. It's just silently judging us. Yeah. Fuck that moon. Fuck the moon. Good skin with minor (laughs) craters and things. Like, what is it doing? Oh, man. The person in the moon. <laughs> um yes. what is are you into are you into I just watched today on uh I believe it was TBS or Fuse one of the two okay. um yeah. <laughs> Fuse <laughs> Sure yeah. uh no, <laughs> It was uh it was uh, uh alien um uh Insurrection, resurrection, resurgence, oh alien resurgence. That's what Ugh. it was. Uh, what a horseshit movie that was! Yeah. Holy cow! Pretty much all of them after Aliens is it's it's oof, not good. <clears throat> that movie was gross, but I do like a good alien movie. I for the very first time hey, about two years a year ago, I watched I watched Alien from start to finish for the very first time and loved it. And I know, yeah. Doug, that's one of yeah. your favorite movies. Have you seen that one, Robin? Yeah. I have not seen that one in particular. Uh, but you know what did... I've seen the very first Alien with that famous woman that I... Her name Sigourney is Weaver. At the moment. Yep. Uh, I saw that one. It was amazing. And then from then on... I don't know why, but it just felt so familiar in a very weird way. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I would love to know more. Like, like it just felt like it wasn't far-fetched for me no and, and then like yeah and the only reason why i came to that conclusion is because i saw prometheus and mm. then like i'm sorry Prometheus prometheus and stuff like that huh i'm sorry i'm sorry you saw prometheus <laughs> wait why do you feel that way oh i mean how much time do you have how much time we have left for the podcast <laughs> i mean <laughs> I can. I'm curious. Something. I can sum up Doug's thoughts. I can sum up Doug's thoughts on Prometheus pretty succinctly. Okay. That's about right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So let's let's start at. Uh, I, the movie Prometheus makes it seem like it's a prequel to Alien. Yes, I think we can all agree yeah. that's kind of what yeah. they're going with. But so much of this right. stuff doesn't add up. For starters, the planet that they go to visit is not LV-426 like it is in the original movie Alien. So for whatever reason, everything they were going to do, like simple step one should take place in the same planet to be like, this is where it all comes from. It's like, nah, it's a different one. All right. And then you've got things like you have scientists who make the dumbest decisions in the world. There is a biologist Who's like, check out this snake thing. Takes off his glove. He's like, hey, snake thing. Yeah, gets him. Like, they just take the worst precautions to do whatever they're going to do. And it just seemed like I was so excited for this movie because the trailer was extremely reminiscent of the original Alien. It just, it seemed like a modern version of 
like an updated version of Alien. I'm like, oh, we're going to get a cool backstory because in the first Alien, there's that creature that's strapped into the ship and it's got like the chest burst that came out of it. You're like, what's this thing? Where did it come from? You're about to find out. Just kidding. You don't learn anything. And at the end of the movie, you're still kind of like, what? There's a squid that comes out of people. It's not the actual xenomorph, but it's like, well, then you got to watch Covenant. Alien Covenant, the one that comes after Prometheus, which is also kind of a shit show in its own right. Uh, a little bit better, but it's just, it's so convoluted and nonsensical that it, it seemed like it could have been a really easy story to tell. And it just, it had a lot of themes that just didn't resonate with me. And I just, I walked away being very disappointed. Can I just say this? I will say this. I feel like some of these movies when you look at the complete body of work, okay, cool. But really, it could be a couple of seconds can be that can be a very defining moment for the entire thing. And for me, me personally, was the ending when, is that, wait, and then I hope it is Prometheus that I'm talking about, was the ending when everybody thought that they were getting away from Buddy and they were like, yeah, he's dead. Because, you know, like, there's uh, two of them. Two, you know, whichever one, there's two of them. David, like, yeah. One the of two fastbenders. <laughs> yes, two fastbenders. Right. The ending, when they thought that they killed him off or whatever, and then he ended up doing some cool apocalypto shit, eh, 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 and then he killed them off, and then the ship was going back to Earth or whatever, and he left a vial of eggs for the aliens. Can you imagine? Like, that one little moment was very defining for me. And well, I'll say this much. You're referring to Covenant. Uh, uh, oh. Covenant, not Prometheus. But, which, again, I think Covenant is a better movie overall. And Fassbender, Michael Fassbender is phenomenal in that movie. And that was a pretty chilling ending to that movie where I was like... I was like, oh, Fastbender, I'm like, you son of a bitch. You just send chills down my spine, especially when he's like, Bleh, and just like has like these eggs, like these, these aliens that he just sort of like, and he's just basically like, I'm going yeah. to impregnate all these people with alien eggs. And that's how it ends. But at the same time, I'm like, is that a clear prequel to what we see? I just, it's still unclear of how we got from Prometheus to Covenant to alien like it's still not a clear line to me and i think jared jervis in the chat said it best he said they tried not to be a prequel even though it was a prequel because they're like no no, no it's not really a prequel gotcha. i'm like well what is it is it because it seems like it's a prequel gotcha gotcha i really admire your thinking on that though thank I, you I, I think that's very valid and very cool yes i really do just for the continuity of what are you trying to present to the world and is it easy to follow and how much work do we have, how much underlying research do we have to do just to have a linear timeline in our minds? So like, I, d yeah, thank you. I really no, I'm right that. there with you. Cause if you really want to fuck with it, yep. you want to think about what is time, <laughs> right? You start thinking about time in a different yeah. dimension, multiple realities and all sorts of shit like that. That's when, yeah. that's why I love movies like that. <laughs> I love that sort of stuff. By the yeah. way, random side note yeah. kind of relates to this too. I recently watched Ad Astra featuring um, Brad Pitt and a Tommy Lee Jones. Um, and the whole purpose of that movie was... Just 
a Tommy Lee Jones. One of one of the many that run around. Yes, one of yeah. the many Tommy Lee Jones clones <laughs> yeah. that are around. Right. Um, <laughs> Starred Brad Pitt and a Tommy Lee Jones. And not to be confused with B Tommy Lee Jones. You know, right, he's, exactly. he's trying to yeah. overthrow A to become the new A. That's how it works right. with those clones. Um, <laughs> but uh, the whole purpose of that was that Brad Pitt's father is Tommy Lee Jones and. Tommy Jones had been on this project <laughs> to essentially go out to Neptune and find life in the universe. And okay. it was a kind of yeah. a cool thing because this they had colonized mo the moon. So like commercial travel to the moon was yeah. pretty regular and they had a base on Mars so you could see like what they were doing, what it took to but the whole thing was kind yeah. of around the idea that Earth kind of sucks, people kind of suck. And the only thing that's really going to pull us out of this to, to kind of take us to the next stage is to find some other intelligent life. So it was kind of a, I don't, it's not a super great movie. I kind of enjoyed it. I'm not like, can't wait to go watch that again, but it was okay. I like the concept behind it. So that one, yeah. that one definitely was on my radar to watch. I just, as someone, I had heard a review from someone, they were like, it was painfully slow to get through. And that pushed it way far down my list to watch. Yeah, not a lot happens in it. I'll tell you that much. So it's definitely a slow burn. But I thought the visuals were great. I think they captured the idea of being in space pretty well. Not much sound, or if it's yeah. there, it's muffled. And you know, I don't know. People seem to be pretty cool about just being like, "Uh oh, my ship won't, my shuttle won't dock in your ship. I'll just let the shuttle go." And then right. if I need right. to get back to my ship, which is through an asteroid belt, I'll figure it out. It's like, meh. It's kind of like the Martian. I gotta size right. the shit out of this, you know, kind of situation. I see that one. I'm it's on my list. Yeah. The Martian. I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at it for sure. You know what's crazy? I, <laughs> have you just reminded me of that movie Elysium? Did you see that mm. one? Yeah, <clears throat> I yeah. know that one. Unfortunately, I enjoyed that. Yeah. You you didn't like it? You must be a tough critic. I don't. Doug's an elitist. See, this is Ironically, he would be up in Elysium. No, I wouldn't be fancy enough for Elysium. Yes, <sighs> yes you would. Obviously. You're giving me those vibes right now. This kind of breaks my heart because just yesterday at work, someone on, on my team, like uh, one of my coworkers got uh, engaged and they she talked about how they were playing, you know, her and her, her fiance's song. I go, what's your song? And she told me, and I listened to it while they were talking. I go, that's a pretty good song. And someone goes, whoa, that's high praise coming from Dud because he's pretty critical on this sort of stuff. And I was like, God damn it. Is that really already <laughs> apparent with you guys too? Like, am I that? Yeah, I'm opinionated. I'll say that yeah, much. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being opinionated. It is yeah. if you shit on other people's dreams. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, people's dreams are their dreams. And I feel like everybody should really hold on tight to their dreams because we're all characters and everybody's story is how I look at it. I think that's yeah. a so, wonderful way to look at it. Let me ask you something, Robin. Have you ever seen the movie Rudy? No. Okay. What is that about? That's about uh, a guy who shouldn't really be playing football, dreaming of playing football at Notre Dame and finally getting to play football at Notre Dame. He held on to his dream. Ask Doug what he feels about people holding on to their dreams. All right. Well, let me start oh, with God. this. Let me start with this, okay? Everyone's a squirrel. All right. Let me start with this. There is there is a formula that goes along with this that states that Rudy shouldn't have been following his dream. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone in the audience who's heard this 7,000 times. I'm sorry I did this, but I'm also not. All right. So Rudy follows hey. the story of a man named Rudy Rudiger. It's in the 60s. Okay. He, Rudy Rudiger. I know, right? He plays football in high school, and he's not very big. He's small, but he just has dreams of playing at Notre Dame. He's not super bright. He didn't get good grades, but this the movie uh, portrays him as like going to Notre Dame. He goes to junior college, and all he wants to do is like be able to get to Notre Dame and then play football. And so, spoiler alert: he does that, and then he doesn't. He he has to walk onto the team, and he basically earns a spot on the practice squad, which means he gets the shit kicked out of him every week. Grit, willpower, like he just shows that he's got heart, you know, and he just ate he. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. And if anything, I rewatched this movie recently. It's kind of creepy, the way this guy goes about doing all this sort of stuff. I feel like me personally, <laughs> I hate to tell on myself like this, but <laughs> in the theater community, sometimes I come across as a very passive person. But then when I actually go to perform, I'm a different person. So it's like, I don't really display a lot of heart. You know what I mean? It just comes out in the work. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like everybody should work for what they have. Like you gotta work for it, you know? So it's like a water boy thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think that is, you just gave the perfect review for Doug for that movie. Rudy. Yeah, yeah it's just like the water boy. That's immediately what I. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing about this too is that is that the stuff that comes into this is he. I have to see the movie too. Like, you do. It's it, it's a movie from the '90s that's like a feel good movie about you know someone working hard and it, he finally gets to play one play in an actual game. Woo! But the yeah, point is. Yeah. Um, he put forth maximum effort to to do football. Yeah. Like no one would ever question that this guy worked his ass off and did all sorts of stuff. But uh-huh. his competency was capped at a certain level. There was only so much he was going to be able to do. So in this book called Strength Finders, which is a great tool for people who want to identify what their strengths are, the opening. Okay. prologue to the book talks about Rudy and it's like if we had to put a value in his oh, and on like a number a number to his to his work ethic it would be a five a five out of five but if he put his talent there his competency it's a two you multiply that it's a 10 it said now let's take someone else who went to Notre Dame and played Joe Montana his effort level also a five his competency level also a five his multiplier is 25 so the author was suggesting like, hey, look, good on you if you want to try and do this. However, there's going to be a limitation to what you're able to do. And the, the author suggested, goes, what if Rudy had put that same effort into something that he had a competency for? What could have happened? Mm-hmm. And that's it's fine. an easy way of saying like, don't follow your dreams. But like, that's not what it is. It's like, I really like music. I'm capped at my understanding of musical theory i just don't get it i don't understand it there's only so much i'm I'm going to be able to do with that same thing with math i think math is interesting it's a puzzle it's logical 
There's only so much I can understand. I've re I've met those two walls in my life for careers. I'm going somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I can do that. But I tried to do two careers, one that involved math and one that involved music, where I had to basically step, step back and be like, I can't do this. This is beyond yeah. what I'm capable of. I love this. But no matter how much effort I put into this. music. So then what was the breaking point for you in music where you were like, yeah, I'm gracefully back. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so we were. I, I went to Columbia College in Chicago, and I was I was studying to be going to grad school to be a producer. And there was an awesome okay. producing class. We had an actual college band come in, and they were recording a track. And as we were uh -huh. recording, first of all, had a hard time doing a setup with the mics and knowing what goes where and how to actually set that shit up. Second of all, the big part was. Did you put like the back of the mic in the front? In the front I put the, the mic, mic in the inside the bass drum. <laughs> And then I yeah. actually use the mics as drumsticks. Apparently, you're not supposed uh, to do that. Got it. Um, okay. That's why, yeah. No, I didn't. Did but I was like, I don't know what any of this shit is. I don't know how to set it up. But I basically, this guy was singing. He's singing to a track. Guys were playing drums. And our teacher stopped and said, hey, hold it up there. You were off. Let's try that again. You were, you were too fast. And I was like, yeah. I didn't hear that. He did it again. He uh. goes, I'm going to stop. He goes, you hit the wrong note. The pitch was off. I'm like, I didn't hear that either. This is going to be a problem because if I'm supposed to be like coaching people on creating their music and if I can't hear that or whatever, I, I, I knew I was lying to myself. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to do a hard stop. I'm going to pivot to something else. <laughs> yeah. But Doug, could you that. not argue that it was something that you just needed to spend more time with? Because the guy who's the guy who was saying like, oh, stop, you're off. Stop this and that. Was that. Was he also just in a one-on-one class? No, he was our teacher. He used right. to play. He used to open. Right. He, he played '80s metal. He used to open up for Cindy Lauper. Right. So he's metal. had a few more decades of experience than you just walking into a one-on-one right. class, not being able to ace it and going, "Well, guess I'm not good at this." You didn't try. Oh, I tried. Exactly. <laughs> I, I tried, oh! my friend. I tried. I worked at it. And I was like, I'm just saying, man, if you if you had stuck with it, there's nothing that says that you couldn't have started to pick that stuff up. I could have. It was one of those things of, you know, there's two ways to learn that. Right. It's books and then also experience and maybe a combination of both. And um, it felt treacherous of me to go down this road where I was like, I don't fully understand music theory. And yet I'm supposed to coach someone on how to do this. Yeah. I'll just say this. Paul McCartney didn't know how to read music when he was in the Beatles. You know, I heard a lot of stories like that. Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, like, he doesn't even read music. And those are little things that you don't need in your psyche. to be like, I can do that, too. I'm like, those are exceptions. Those are exceptions. Those are not the rule. Oh, you see, this is where you and I are diametrically opposed because... I, I I sit there and I go, yeah, but like you're taking all the magic out of it, all the fun, like where fucking like you, you if you don't, Doug, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you land amongst the stars. You Sorry, die, I felt you die, really gross saying No, you that. die in space. You die in space where no one can hear you scream, which is the tagline for Alien. <laughs> yes. No, but you know, for me, I kind of agree when it's, it, it's, it is sometimes a special case. Where some people just have a knick and knack for some some things, you know, or they just have a certain ratio of something that just sets them apart. 
from other people. So then it makes me question, okay, the pe- you know how the people are, are like, oh, when you work very hard at something, when you, okay, work ethic versus talent. Which one? Which one? Which one? I think it depends. I think it depends on, because here's the thing. I, I agree, I agree. Um, Because Justin, your point is valid in another way. When I started wrestling, when I was in high school, junior high and high school, I wasn't very good. At least you don't have the ears. No, no, I have beautiful ears. I've seen, I've seen some some wrestlers' ears, and I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa. I don't have (laughs) cauliflower ear. No, no, ma'am. I get super icky. Yeah, no. Um, Really thick. Yeah, they're nasty. Nasty, nasty ears. But uh, I got my shit handed to me for a while, and there was another guy who I wrestled with who had been doing it since he was in second grade. So he had more experience, but he was lazy. Really lazy. And by the time I was a senior, I was consistently beating him at practice, like, on a regular basis. And it was one of those things where, you know... There's situations too where I feel like you know if you're on a level playing field and you understand and you have the same skill set, obviously work ethic is going to outpace talent because if the talented person right. is, again if you're a Joe Montana maximum effort with your maximum competency, your multiplier is enormous. But if your work ethic dips, that talent will carry you, right. but only so far. So, right. Yeah, I agree. But I also feel like going back to having heart and having like the confidence to make certain moves because it's like, I feel like somebody can make the same choice as another person, but if they don't have the confidence, then it just doesn't work. It's like, it's almost like putting enough power into a good punch. If yeah. somebody feels like they can't really penetrate, they're going to be like, eh. <laughs> but if somebody else is like, I'm going to knock you out, they're going to be like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really, I feel like confidence is huge. Speaking of confidence. Yeah. No, I, I'm in full agreement with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think that, that is that that's that that magic sauce that 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 you can't the thing that you can't put your there like it if you it's because I mean I've definitely seen those people you, well we've all seen those people who just they seem to just skate by everything they do just exactly. works out and they just yeah. exude this like never ending confidence. And you look at them and go, how can you just be so fucking sure of everything you do and everything just seems to work out. And, uh, you know, there have been times where I've, squirrels. I think that might be it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Right? Loved it. <laughs> uh, yes. there, no, there have been times, though, where I've I've forced myself to to kind of cop an attitude or, like, be like, no, like, just kind of feign badass and see what happens. And it, I got to say, like, it definitely throws an edge into your, or a, a little bit more weight into your corner. I can't explain it. I don't know why. Obviously, you're not, you go up against someone like Joe Montana, you're not going to, you know, out football him but you know you yeah. still uh i definitely think it does give you that edge if you have that confidence that that uh, that je ne sais quoi. People, like. people like the provocative people like it <laughs> they enjoy it <laughs>
Uh, we got E207 in the chat. First of all, welcome back, pal. It's been a while. Uh, he says, what is the number one predictor of success at Juilliard? Is it one's teacher? Is it the number of concert awards? Is it your parentage? Nope. Number one predictor always, always, always is practice. Grit, baby. Practice. Which, yeah. I agree. I agree and, uh, on a certain level that can exist, but I would also still argue that if you lack the competence, if there's a ceiling for what you can do, you can practice all you want, but exactly. if there's a ceiling there exactly. for you, it's you're only going to go so far with it. So I, I think what? it's a it's a combination of that grit and that competency. It's your perception of yourself. Agreed. If you only if you can't picture it, if you can't picture it, write it down, picture yourself doing it. Then nine times out of ten, you're not doing it. Yeah. You have to see yourself in that position. God. Yeah. Slotty goes. Doug is ants at a picnic. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> and Water Speech has a good point, too. So does Jervis. Like, Jervis goes, but you can't get to Juilliard without skills already, right? And Water Speech says, once you get into Juilliard, you already have the competency or potential. So, yeah, Jervis also said, plus Juilliard's expensive, right? <laughs> so there's that. You said Juilliard's just the name? To a degree, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I feel like some of the people that go there, they just don't happen to be cyborgs or something. <laughs> just be like extra competent for no reason. Like <laughs> the cyborg enrollment at Juilliard is up exponentially. Yeah, it's one of the things yeah. like you know, they're uh they're really they're really trying to do. It's an initiative to try and get more cyborgs in the school, and I think it's paying off, honestly. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, I never tried. I never tried. Maybe I am a cyborg. Never know. <laughs> so there's 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 acting at Juilliard, right? That's yeah, primarily what Juilliard is uh I, th I believe known for is Cool. Is, you know who yeah. else acts is Sasha Baron Cohen and he's in this new movie coming out called Borat 2. You beat me to the transition. I, I, could, I felt it. I felt it. I saw it in your I face. We're like, it. we're going it. there. I feel, I feel conspiracy. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, talk I about, talk about uh, a skill that is innate. Like that is like the skill that he has is again, one that I feel like you don't learn. You're like, that's something that he just has that he taps into. What are I we doing? Agree. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Like the fact um, that like being able to stay in character like that and then and and do what he does without without faltering at all is yeah. just that's that is a next level commitment. Yeah, um I gotta make a an, I gotta admit something here. Um I've never seen the first Borat, so there you go. That's fine. <gasps> Doug. I know. I know. I know it though. I know my wife. I know that. That's a thing. Yagsimash. Let's all do the lines. I would say, don't watch it if there's children around because that whole penis scene was just, it's stuck and ingrained in my mind. Tell me more. Tell me about it in great I detail and do it slow. I will, <laughs> I will not tell you more because you have to see this. You have to see it. <laughs> I won't tell you yep. anything. You have to see it. Yeah. So then, so Friday has passed. Or is it this upcoming Friday that the movie is? Coming I think out? it's this coming Friday, right? Yeah, it drops okay. the same okay. day as the Quarantine Files episode three. Watch both. Woo! 
Coincidence? Probably. Coincidence? Absolutely. Right. Grateful. Ooh. <laughs> um, um, no, but honestly, I have a certain appreciation for Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, I feel like he stood out to me from the first Borat, but where I actually had an, a real appreciation from for him was Sweeney Todd. Like, I loved his work in Sweeney Todd. I don't know if y'all saw it. On stage or the movie? The movie. I did not realize he was in that. Yeah, okay. Okay, I do know that Johnny Depp was in that, but I have not seen it. Oh, yep. Uh, Sasha Baron Corn... What's his name? Cohen. Cohen. (laughs) Sasha Baron Corn. I like that better. Midwestern guy. Let's just call him SBC. (laughs) I was like, I know that's not right. (laughs) Okay. So SBC, first of all, you're going back to AT&T and singular again. Oh my God. (laughs) Which was the preferred preferred provider in Apocalypto. Mm -hmm. Yes. Most of the Mayans used SBC Global. Okay. Moving on. People's blue before they sacrifice them. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) But you were saying about uh, about him and Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. He was the rival barber in Sweeney Todd. And the work that he put into it was just very unexpected. And like all of his work is like kind of provocative, unexpected, like, oh, I'm so upset. Set, but uh oh oh okay so uh, he brought that exact same energy to Sweeney Todd and it was very cool and he was not a he wasn't a main character he he just had like a short and it stood out so heavy it was really yeah. good he had good work yeah water speeds just uh in the chat said that he knocked it out of the park as abby hoffman in uh the trial of the chicago seven uh which just came out on netflix um i watched that as well and yeah he 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 embodies the character of abby hoffman it's amazing to watch him just kind of disappear um and to see like to have to have watched him on like the ali g show and doing all his sketches and then in his movies and all the comedy he did to see him be able to tackle some of these more dramatic roles it's it's that one legitimately incredible how the the guys range and it kind of comes out of nowhere but the the fact with and and doug you've never seen any of the borats but you know the concept of who this guy is he's a he's from uh uh, uh oh my god i just blanked on the country he's from kazakhstan um and he comes over to america and basically says all the wrong things and pisses everyone off like that's that's the the general to be able to stay in that character, though, and in this movie, apparently he stayed in quarantine with two conspiracy, like right wing conspiracy theorists. He stayed locked up with them for five full days as Borat, like ate as Borat, slept as Borat, uh, just relaxed as Borat. Like that is that's next level shit. So, Robin, uh, you obviously have a lot of knowledge of, you yeah. know, acting and things of that nature. How how hard is it to do something like that, to be in character and be on, on for like five days straight? 
Well, I will say that, to be honest with you, I went into this profession very insecurely. Um, I knew that from the first theater class that I had, I just knew that it was something that I needed to make myself a better person, to make myself socially better, to make myself integrate into into society better, to actually bring something to the table if I'm having a conversation with people. Just like with this conversation right now, like just to be able to focus in like some of these things I had, I've never spoken about ever, but it reminds me of another thing that reminds me of another thing that allows me to actually talk about it. And so I will say that my training in a conservatory-based system, being around the exact same people every day (laughs) for more than eight hours every day, and then I studied abroad in Russia with these exact same people, I really feel like I developed a certain skill that I never thought I was even capable of. Like, um, just a certain, a marathon strength. Like a certain marathon type of strength where you're like, uh, I'm strong in this area, but I'm a little, I'm getting a little tired out here by these people's personalities and the way that they maneuver through space. But... I have to work with it because everybody, I'm a character in their world. Like I said earlier, like, who the fuck am I? So I feel like um, just just having the idea of being patient and being open to learn because I'm not the only person in the world has been a very, just thinking about it from that lens has been a very eye-opening experience for me. So I don't even know if I answered your question. You know what though? It doesn't matter because that was really cool. Like I, I, I have dipped my toe into acting. Dip, 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 dip. Just like halfway of my big toe. (laughs) I've dipped in it just a little bit. Um, Yeah. And uh, I, I, another situation where maybe if I practiced, I could get better at, but I have a hard time overcoming the vulnerability if you want me to shout and be angry, yeah. I got that. I got that down, no problem. But that's all my ranges is just big, angry energy. That's about the only thing I could do. Um, but yeah. like when I watch, like you mentioned earlier, when you're talking about doing a scene where you had to come from like super happy all the way down to like the polar opposite. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes yeah. in a movie is from Road to Perdition with Daniel Craig. He's okay. at the very beginning of the movie. Tom Hanks is playing uh, the piano with a guy whose name I'm not going to remember. Uh, but he basically, the, the, this older guy is playing Daniel Craig's father in the movie, and this father figure loves Tom Hanks' character more than his own son. And you see that without words as yeah. they're playing the piano. There's this earnesty between the two of them. And you watch Daniel Craig. He's like, everyone's like, oh, look at this great. He smiles. And then as the scene progresses, you see it's just like this sorrow. And there's just this this deep, deep, deep anger and resentment. Like that he just slowly comes down. It has one of the best lines ever afterwards. Everyone's clapping and the little boy's like pulls on his jacket. 
he's like why are you always smiling and he just leans down and he just kind of gives almost like a joker smile he goes because it's all so fucking hilarious and like <laughs> the kid's like huh it's awesome it's awesome so but i i don't understand how to do that i don't understand how to get outside of my present self and be like i'm doug playing a role as opposed to doug go to this place find these emotions and feel them and exude that while saying these lines that should mean something you know like i i haven't been able to get there yeah and i blame justin i hear that i struggled with that justin you're the i'm the worst (laughs) like straight up the worst (laughs) i am Justin, have you ever tried to- I, uh, not, I've never taken any classes, uh, never really, like, in, in earnest, given it a shot. Uh, the, the most I've ever done is, um, like, for the quarantine files, like, kind of played myself, if you will, or, or a heightened version of myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. no, I've, I've never really, I've always, I've dreamed of trying it. I, I would absolutely love to try, to try acting, but the same thing where I, I don't, like, to I have a hard time when I write the script, I have a hard time memorizing my own words. Like I so I don't know, like when that. you when you yeah. like look at people who have two page monologues and they give it and they you you watch them in a movie and you're they bring you to tears. I have no idea how someone does that. I would That's love bullshit. to figure it out. I'm gonna call bullshit two words, Todd Hammer. <laughs> Todd Hammer, you have that. You are on YouTube right. in seven episodes of a web series, sir. You're right. You're right. I take it back. If you want to see acting at its finest, you find the web series called Who is Todd Hammer? And you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, yeah, it's me. It's me about 35 pounds heavier. Uh, See, that's acting. You put on weight for the role. I did. It was specifically for that no, role. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Method. No. He's a method actor. That's right. I really <laughs> ate a pineapple skin and all. He did. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, it did. He committed. Yeah. He committed to uh, the role. No, but I would love to I would love to try acting at some point, like legitimately uh, in something. I mean, that's the reason that you start a production company, right? So you can put yourself in shit. So mm-hmm. at some point, I'd yeah. love to get in front of the camera. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I just for someone like Sasha Baron Cohen, I have to feel I feel like it is what he does. Uh, it goes beyond. I, I feel like it goes beyond your traditional acting. There's something else that he attaches to to be able to stay in that character not break not feel bad not like there's like none of it ever slips away and that is just uh an idea please for me personally so i can only put myself in the shoes for me personally i think like i have to come from a place of nothing and i have to come from a place of uh uh, just hu- being hungry, being hungry for something and having nothing and just being like, so, and just completely detach myself from my entire life. And I think in order, and that's not easy to do. It's no. not, that's not easy to do for anybody because if somebody's living a great life 
They feel like they have great, um, you know, uh, factors in their life that keep them going and all of that. Like, why would you want to be in somebody else's shoes when you can be in your own shoes? And so the sad part about being a good actor or theater artist or whatever is a little bit of sorrow. Like, it comes from a little bit of sadness that it's a hole. There's a hole in your heart. Like you, so you want to try and put for me. I don't, I don't want to say for, I don't want to say you, you, you know, like you, even though people do that all the time, but like when they are doing it, like explanations, they'd be like, yeah, you want to do this or yeah, if you're in that situation, you got to do this or blah, blah, blah. But for me, Robin, I've experienced a lot of turmoil, which I am really grateful that I don't look like I have. And so I'm constantly just trying to look for the forward thinking thing. Like things are constantly happening in my life where I'm like, well, oh, 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 oh well, I, I have something to fill my heart with now. Experience, just like having certain experiences in your life that fuels you, I guess. And just looking at the little bitty things, the small, tiny, tiny, small. Yeah. <laughs> and then they create a little puzzle piece in the hole of your heart yeah and then you're like oh i have that to grab off of i guess and i can bring this to the table because i got over that experience and well, that's... so inspiration for me yeah comes from that yeah well, that's why they always I feel like you always hear people say like the best actors or every comedian is is damaged in some way because that's where that comedy or that's where that mm. art is birthed from is something something traumatic or something sorrowful or that hole that they have and they're able to use it as like an a well and just pull from it. And it's uh it's it's I gotta give massive credit to it's anyone who profession. can tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love I don't the way think that a lot you... of people understand how yeah. Yeah, I would never be a comedian. <laughs> I'm not funny. If I if ever I am funny, it's on accident. That's the best kind of funny, though. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying like I can't prepare. Mm -hmm. I can't prepare something to present to an audience without feeling self conscious about it, and then it goes back to that whole idea of being confident, <laughs> being confident about sharing your misfortunes that you express through comedy and and, and and it's not you don't even have to talk about yourself you could talk about politics and blah 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 but it's all about your perception and your perception is based off of your own life experiences your perception your misfortunes i'm not going to do that again oh i will do that again but you know so I'm too, I can't share that. I'm, I'm a little too shy. <laughs> I'm a little shy. <laughs> I'm better in the moment. I'm better with improv than I am with like preparing, preparing. This is going to be a joke that will be funny. May I can usually tell if a story will mostly be funny. I can embellish a little bit here and there. I need, I, I can be a better storyteller. Uh, but in general, like yeah. I hear something, it triggers something in me. And then like, I have a reaction that can typically be humorous, but to be like, here's my yeah. five minute set. I'm like, I, ah, I don't have the courage to do that. 
I've oh. thought about it. I've had fleeting yeah. moments where I'm like, I bet I could write five minutes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel the exact same. I'm so much better when I hide behind somebody else's words. Mm. And I try to allow their story to be told. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh there's something every time that I I have to uh any time that I have to act and it's been minimal there's one thing that I always tap into and it's it was a very it's it's kind of a ritual that happens once a week and it's very dark it usually yeah. involves death and uh it okay. it it goes by the name of Welcome Oh yeah, it's the throwdown. My favorite part was when you said it involves death, and Robin's just natural reaction. She goes, "Hmm, okay." Like she just her eyes got real big. She's like, "That's cool." It happens where's, once a week. Where's the hang up button? Because I'm about to click it. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, Slotty on the chat. Slotty in the chat goes, "We all know you have a you have a file named Doug's Type Five hidden in a folder stuffed." Entitled stuff for work on your computer, Doug. There's a couple of notes on my phone that I've recorded, just some yeah. thoughts, but uh, it's not going anywhere. It's <laughs> well, today's throwdown is uh, since Robin's episode of The Quarantine Files, episode three coming out this Friday, uh, since her uh, episode deals with aliens and uh, being contacted, we thought it would be fun to do an alien-based throwdown. So today's throwdown is going to feature Mac and Me versus E.T. You're welcome. Doug, weren't you supposed to have a... Weren't you supposed to do something? What? We had a new thing. Remember, I was going to do that. You were going to do a voice. We did it last week. A what? I was gonna... Oh, right, right, right. Hold on. That's right. Hold on. That's right. Hold on. And now, featuring the throwdown between Mac from Mac and Me and E.T. from the movie E.T. There you go. <laughs> so, um, Robin, have you ever seen the movie Mac and Me? You know what? I have. <gasps> I don't remember. I was going to say, but it's probably been years, has it not? First of all, I was born in 92. Come on. <laughs> right. So it's been you years. saw it when you were like three then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it came out, I think, what, like, was it like 86? 88. 88. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, 1988. Yeah, so that was well before my time. But mm. judging off of these photos that I'm looking at currently, um, <laughs> It, uh, <laughs> well, if anyone also is a fan of Paul Rudd, if you uh, if you ever see him when he goes on Conan, every single time he cues up a clip, and it's been happening since the '90s. Every time he goes on Conan, he cues and he's like, "We brought a clip of my new film. Let's go ahead and roll it." He rolls the same clip of Mac and Me, and he has been doing it for well over 20 years with Conan. Yep. It's amazing. Wow. So okay. I would highly suggest looking up the Paul Rudd Mac and me supercut. It's well worth your time. Yes. Um, that being yeah. said, yeah. Mac looks like a little old man. He definitely, he does. yeah, he looks like a little old man, but 
in the research that we did, uh, he uh, he possesses. Um, oops, oh, I had an ad pop up right as the friggin' website was loading. There we go. And it's a, it's an ad for Borat. How perfect is that? <laughs> that Thanks was for listening, so, Internet. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Google. <laughs> oh my God, they're listening. Um. So he's got uh, abilities with electronics. He's a whiz with power tools. He digs home home renovations, and uh, he, he really has a taste for Coca Cola. Um, so there's that. I love this article. It says Mac is the first mysterious alien creature to behave like a bored suburban dad. Yep, that's pretty much it. I yeah, feel like Mac more than ET already, just because I've seen ET and I haven't seen Mac and me. Just from the photos and reading the synopsis and the plot, I'm just like, I enjoy so, it. I guess I feel like ET pulls e- the heartstrings. He's got empathy. That's what he's known yes. for. ET is known. <laughs> ET is a scientist. He's physically weaker and smaller than a human, but has superior mental faculties. He's also able to move objects right. with his mind alone. uh, Empathy allows E.T. to feel the emotions of others in his group while broadcast empath lets his group know his feelings. I don't think most of that's effective in a duel, though. Well, here's the thing. Do you not think if he can move things with his mind? Exactly. That's what I was thinking of, too, Justin. You can feel move things with your mind. You never you can stop bullets. It's like a magneto effect. Um, I mean, do we see E.T. stopping bullets? We definitely see him moving I mean, things with his mind. But, 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 okay, okay. So then it goes back to the confidence thing because it's like, he's like, I don't want to hurt these people. I don't want to hurt these people. And uh, I don't know if that's really my personality. But would Mac do that? Well, Mac has an affinity for power tools. So I think he's got a better weapon at his disposal. So, but I'll say this ET. Yeah. E.T.'s a whiz Sorry. because he can make a contraption that can contact his home planet from a fucking speaking spell. Yeah, is he going to have that? Like, he didn't do that quickly. <laughs> that we took don't time. Know. There was yeah. There was no distinction of how much time would actually pass in that. I mean, I have a feeling if these two meet each other, he's not going to be like Rocket Raccoon and just going <laughs> and pulling together some like <laughs> thermonuclear bomb, you know. He's probably going to go, and then Mac, Mac's going to be like, and just like, you know, carve him up. Didn't E.T. heal with his finger? The name Mac. Yeah, man. Mac attack, you know? It glowed. See, but yeah, that's what I was, sorry, Justin, but yes, the word Mac. Return at the Mac. Return at the Mac. Powerful. Yeah. So I don't know the the reoccurrence of the name. I don't know. I like okay. So I feel like ET is for a certain fan base, obviously, and then Mac sounds like a construction worker. Yeah. Like he's ready to refit. Exactly. Like he's ready to lift up shit. He's ready to be so, one of those guys from those Mentos commercials that's going to lift that car up so that lady can go away. You know, when she got stuck. Not the Mentos. Yeah, not man. The Mentos. Yeah. He's like, Mac, he's like, yeah, I got this. He's just, you know, puts down his can of Coke. He's like, you know. And that's the point. I feel like I don't even have to see the movie to, like, tell. Because you can see, like, he's a little rough around the edges. He's not as 
you know, I don't know really if there's any uh, extraterrestrial online dating sites, but I think that E.T. is a little bit more cuter than Mac. And so, you know, sometimes they say the ones that look a little bit more rough around the edges, those are the protectors. So maybe. So if E.T. and Mac (laughs) were to have human accents, E.T. would be British. Mac would be, I don't know, Brooklyn, Jersey. Yep. Yeah. You know, easy. Yep. Wait, you said you said E.T. would be British? Oh, without a doubt. He's very, you know, he's very prim and proper. He's very much, she's like, mm, yes, phone home. Yes, phone home. That's a perfect British accent. And then Mac would be like, hey, get the fuck out of my way, you piece of shit. Hey, I got this fucking nail okay. gun. It's going to go pop, pop right in your head. I see that. But I appreciate both of them. I appreciate both. I appreciate both. That's difficult. This is I'll difficult. say this. E.T. shotguns beers while uh, Mac drinks Coke. So I feel like E.T.'s probably practicing drunken boxing. I'll say this much. He Doug is nothing but a master of accents. So there you go. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Jared, Jared said E.T. would have an Indian accent. Explain yourself, sir. Why? Well, I'll say this too. E.T., someone pointed out, he exists in the same universe as Star Wars. Don't care. And again, and again, he was able to lift a bike up with a child on it several hundred feet yes. in the air. So you're telling me that as Max coming at him, he could, E.T. couldn't just go and just like push him away? That's a fair point. I did, I, I did forget about that. But then. E.T. is probably trying to escape, and then Mac is going to probably throw a, a, a garbage truck at him. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, like, Mac Mac's going to be the guy who's like... I, I haven't even seen the movie, and I'm just opposed... <laughs> Mac, Mac's, the guy, Mac's the guy who's going to be, like, all, like, talking shit. He's like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm gonna go, poo I got my nail gun, right? Like Doug said. But then E.T. is going to be the calm one who's sitting there just kind of letting him spout off at the mouth. And he's like, are you done? Great. He picks up a fucking Honda Civic and just throws it at him. Okay. I think you're right. I think his telekinesis. Whatever you prefer. More callbacks. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I think E.T.'s telekinesis puts Mac at an extreme disadvantage. I'm just saying that um, maybe like Mac may, may be a little too hot headed, I guess. And like E.T. was probably a little bit just more strategic. And whereas Mac may just act off of impulse, maybe. Yep. And I feel like that maybe. puts him at a disadvantage. I think E.T. now is the leader of this fight, in my opinion. So are we in agreement? Yeah, we thinking. In... Yeah. E.T. All right, we're going to say EJ for the win. Yeah. And right before ET crushes yeah. Max's head with his telekinesis, he goes, phone home because you're dead. And then crushes his brain. Phone home. No SBC here. <laughs> And friend, let me clear something up with the chat. E.T. is not a Jedi. Not a Jedi. I don't want to hear that nonsense from any of you guys. How do we know? Okay. How do we know? We're out of time, uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for hanging. Uh, 
And Jervis goes, I don't have a reason for the Indian accent. I just know it to be true. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Jervis also goes, E.T. is a Jedi. Mac is some space slut. E.T. isn't a Jedi, but some of his people could be. I see what you're saying. So E.T. didn't didn't uh, cut the mustard? That's what you're saying? Cut the mustard? What is cutting the mustard? I don't know. It's a... I... The cheese? Oh. Cutting. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be ready for that, Justin. That that nope. sound effect. It's too much, it's man. So, it's so perfect. It's too real. It's too real. Anyway, uh, Robin, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's been so much fun having you back on here. Um, before we start wrapping things up, I want to we want to basically give you the floor to if there's anything you'd like to promote, if you want people to follow you on social media, if there's anything you'd like re- like to recommend, whether it be books, movies, TV shows, music, the floor is yours. Oh, wow! How sudden! Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Robin Minkins, <laughs> and um, my Instagram handle is. Rob underscore Minx with two S, two S's. So that's R-O-B underscore M-I-N-K-S-S. And then my name on Facebook is just Robin Minkins. But I just go on there to share memes because I think Facebook has the best memes. Um, Come out to see the Mad Hatter's gin and tea party. We close in December. So there's plenty of time to come and see it. Um, books. I don't really necessarily have any books, but I've been into numerology lately. So I would say, yeah, look into numerology because it's interesting. Yes. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what would you recommend this week? Um, well, I typically don't watch horror films, but... I'm a big Jordan Peele fan, and I knew coming into Halloween I needed to watch Us, and so I watched Us because it's on HBO. Um, the first eight minutes, I texted Drew. I said, this is why I don't watch horror films. I'm terrified. And uh-huh. it, it, I got, I normalized. I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in horror mode. I can do this now. And the re- like, once the family shows up, I'm like, okay, everything from here on, I, I know jump scares are coming and I've seen the monsters, so I, I get it. And uh, I got to say, I liked Get Out better, but Us was a, a definitely uh, definitely worth the watch. I think what Drew and I were talking and something I think is interesting is that Jordan Peele, I feel like, especially with his horror films, is like six months to a year, I think is what Drew said. Six months to a year ahead in what he's saying like he says it and then six months to a year down the road you're like shit that's really applicable applicable to what we're currently in and so um i i feel like there's a lot you can pull from the movie us currently and go the boy yeah that's not good nice Look, what do also, you got you oh robin movie, yes hair. sorry what is it i was just saying like that movie bad hair bad hair or good hair or something like that it's like this horror film or something you know what i'm talking about it's a horror film yep 
and it's very scary looking based off of the trailer. So you just reminded me of that. So yes. Sorry. Terror oh, strikes yeah. when a woman's Sorry. new hair weave <laughs> seems to take on a line of life of its own. Is that yep, the synopsis? Look at the trailer. Okay. The, the way it sounds sounds really generic, but look at the trailer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, this one thing says, says bad hair is so much more than scary. The Hulu horror movie delivers frightening, uh, frightening truths. All right. Yes. So it's on Hulu. Yep. So check that out. And Usher's in it. So, you know, there you go. Doug, um, what do you got? I, if you guys are looking for something silly, um, I highly recommend The Cabin on Netflix. It stars comedian Burt Kreischer. Uh, the, the conceit was that he works way too hard, so he needs to take some time to go to a remote cabin in California to sort of get away and you know meditate and settle himself but he doesn't like to be alone so he invites his comedian friends up and so every episode is a couple of comedians that come up and hang out and they just get into shenanigans and it's amazing my favorite episode is involves Burt Kreischer Miss Pat uh Joel McHale and Kaylee Cuoco and Miss Pat is one of the funniest people on this planet she uh speaks her mind and uh Jill was having my wife was having a bad day yesterday and I go, hey, look, just watch the first few minutes of this with me. I, I I think you'll like this. She started, like, she did this squeak laugh she does whenever she's laughing really hard. We had to pause it because she was laughing so hard. I'm like, nailed it. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's just silly. It's 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 it's, it's got some heart in it, too, but it's it's wonderful. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's six episodes on Netflix right now. Check it out. They're worth it. Really, really good. Cool. Whew. In addition to that... Uh, I also want to say uh, we also do a video game live stream, everybody, in case you don't know. Saturday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. We played the new Jackbox Party Pack last Saturday. Had a hell of a time. Super silly. Uh, and this weekend, I'm going to be uh, digging out the brand new game called Baldur's Gate 3. It's based on Dungeons & Dragons. It's an early access. I'm going to play it. I'm going to create a brand new character. I want you all to help me. You can actually in a, interact while I'm playing. You can help decide what dialogue choices to make and all sorts of stuff. So 8 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Come hang out. Watch this game. Let's get silly. Let's have a good time. Enjoy ourselves. Um, also, uh, don't forget to follow MindGap on all social medias, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at mindgappodcast. Don't forget about our YouTube channel where we post our, post our full episodes there as well as highlights from the show and our video game podcasts. And also don't forget to follow at MGP Throwdowns. That's the account that our fan Wolflore maintains and manages. And he basically goes through all of our previous throwdowns. He does the full research and he decides whether we were right or wrong. He puts it out there and it's really cool. So don't forget to check us out there. And then also uh, Justin exists digitally as well. That's right. On Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, on Google Podcast, on Stitcher, on all the places you can find and consume the podcasts. Uh, like us, rate us, review us, share us around, subscribe to us, all those things. The big one is sharing. Just, you know, copy the URL, share it out to your uh, social peoples. And let them know that uh, we're worth listening to because it goes a long way when it comes as a recommendation from you. Also, 2east8th.com slash mindgap. And then just keep an eye on all 2east8th's social stuff. Because like I said, we've got episode three of the Quarantine Files dropping this Friday. 
Um, I should know the date. This Friday is going to be the 23rd. And uh, episode one and two already out. And then we've got uh, a couple more after this one. We're really excited about these. We're really, really happy to have Robin in this episode. And um, we've got uh, a couple short films on the docket as well. Sid Penrose is still on track to be out uh, before the end of the year. So more news on that as it unfolds. Yes. Uh, Robin, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This is always a blast, and you're always welcome to come back. And I just want to say, in all honesty, I appreciate you're so humble. Uh, you're brilliant. And I appreciate your insight. I love your just perspective on the world. It always makes me feel a little bit more at peace. So thank you for sharing your stuff with us tonight. Somebody got to do it. (laughs) I'm glad it's you. So with that being said, uh, Robin, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. So glad. So glad. And also to our Twitch folks, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Justin, thank you. Doug, thank you, buddy. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.